So I had to latch on to something positive. I knew that that was my, a secret of mine. So I found one. Next day I lost it. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I lost it. And then I, so I said, next time I found one, wrote it down. Next thing I know, I've got five pages and then 25 pages and 30 pages and they just keep coming. Hmm. And that is the power of positive. Anytime that something negative comes in, well, you know, book two, <laughs> number 33, that's, that's my bread and butter right there. Isn't it amazing how like things can change and that first step in a new direction, like it seems impossible at first, but then all of a sudden you, you, it seems like you tasted the power of positivity a little bit. And then once you tasted it, you're off and running. It, it, was, it was the board that I needed to leap off of, of going, I can do this. So for so long, I chased my tail. And chasing your tail is easy. Doesn't take much energy. You might get tired. But breaking out of that and going in a positive direction. Whew, but when you have something, it's like a car pulling you down the road going, oh, my goodness, I'm going in a new direction. Is this the way I want? Yes, this is wonderful. And then you pick up steam and it is a beautiful thing. And when I'm able to share that with other people of, look, you don't have to be miserable. You can be if you choose to, but here's a little gift I'm going to give to you every single day. Yeah. And they just come back and say, this is exactly what I need. Because mm. they, they, well, the PTS, we isolate and we're angry and we don't know how to get out of it. So we don't leave our house to get the help that we need. So how do, you, how do you get into somebody's house to help them without me actually crossing that threshold and being invasive on them? So what I do is I just send the power of positive. Any veteran needs a book, I send a book. They want to talk on the phone, I talk on the phone. Whatever they need. And I get some to come over the house and we do the classes. So it is, it's a gift with all within itself. What is a gift? The watching them getting better watching mm. them watching the the lights go on in the in the house of hey i can do this and then when you're with them long enough you watch them coaching others and they say they turn around and say i saw this guy and i said well i'm gonna go talk to them see what they say and then next thing i know they're coaching them onto their and it's just cross-pollination i teach you a little bit you go teach them a little bit and everybody's better for it it is beautiful to watch is this the power of service I believe in service. Absolutely give myself to service. Then the universe turns around and pays you tenfold. It's beautiful to watch. And it all started a lot to do with Satya. Um, but it started when I said, if I find my way out of this darkness, I had to get out of it. It was bad for four years. I didn't want anything to do with anybody. And I made a swear. I swore about if I get out of it, I'm going to reach my hand into the darkness and help others. And it's, it's just a gift. Why was that your vow? Because I know what it felt like to be at the bottom. Mm. And it was such a lonely, depressing, angry, scary feeling. And I said, no, we don't have to do this. If I can do it, anybody can do it. But somebody's got to be the spark and say, let's fix this. It doesn't matter where trauma comes from. Trauma is trauma is trauma. You get it from A, B, or C. It doesn't matter. It still hurts the body. And the mind typically reacts the same way. So when I give the book to civilians or military, they all start going, you understand. And not necessarily do I. I didn't walk the same ground as all people. I didn't go through the same situations as everybody. But when you read that somebody else has suffered, then all of a sudden, wow, I'm not alone. 
And I put that inside of every one of my books that I sign. You are not alone. Mm. And when you tell somebody you're not alone, they think, I can do this. Because in the darkness, literally you're by yourself. It's so true. I, I think back to like the really challenging moments that I've had in my life, and it's amazing how hopeless they, they can feel. But what has really shifted me out of them when I reflect is knowing that other people have gone through it. As soon as that perspective shift has happened, where it's like, oh, other people have done this, then it's like, oh, well, maybe I can do that too. That's the key. Maybe I can do it. You start getting into the maybes, the maybes grow to possibly, and the possibilities grow to, I actually might pull this one off. Mm. And then you get to the other side and you're thinking, I did. I didn't think I could, but I did. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're on top of the world and you reach your hand back out. Mm. It's, it is quite humbling to be a part of it. Mm. And I don't see myself leading any charge. I am just a simple pawn in the game. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to be a part of. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the word yoga and the challenge that we have because you, you were writing about it and I'm realizing that it's kind of a major issue. It's, <laughs> it's like all, all these tools exist for us, for the problems that we have, but there's this association with the word before you've experienced it, before you've experienced yoga, it's very common to have an association with the word that I mean, I don't know how to describe it, maybe you can, but that resists the movement in the direction of yoga. There is a stigma to it. Yeah. And the stigma is, and this is how I tell the veterans, yoga typically is skinny women, tight pants doing crazy things. Yeah. That's what we think of. And as you well know, asana is one of the limbs. It is a limb, it is a helpful limb, but it allows us to climb higher and higher. But people are so caught on the fact of it's going to be just this. And when you start, when that, what's amazing to me is asana is great. I love it and I enjoy it. You start talking about the other limbs and, oh, you mean somebody else, like we were talking about, somebody else has thought about these problems in their mind before and they took pen to paper and I can go back and read these notes and go, huh, okay, book two, number 33, Pradipakshi Well, I love it. It's, it's just so easy to think about. Anytime negative comes into the mind, a positive thought should be thought of. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, wow. So yes, there is a massive stigma. Yeah, and uh, the, the common negativity bias towards something that we don't know, right? So I realize how often I can get caught in arrogance in relation to what I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's this thing that people are doing, or the, and that's, I think, where the ego um, ego is not your amigo. <laughs> you know, gets, gets caught, yeah. When I stand in front of a group of veterans for the first time, I say, you know, I'm here to, they're talking about yoga, and I get the, oh, you know, yeah, well, hold on, guys, hold on. I did 20 years in the Marine Corps. I did three combat tours. Mm -hmm. I was in darkness for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, their minds, the stigma of yoga is now gone. If this guy can go through it and actually found happiness, okay, what did you do? And it's always quietly. What did you do? How do I do this? What do I got to do? And then when I just show them simple steps, they all of a sudden start to go, huh, they're, you know, like Wizard of Oz, you pull back the curtain and you go, that ain't so bad. And I tell them, you don't have to do the asana part. We can even go smaller and I've focused into yoga nidra. I've taken the word picture from yoga nidra, mated it with Tibetan singing bowls 
and all of a sudden they all go the same route. They, wow, how did you do that? What was it? And let's do it again. So when you show them what it is about, and you know, you can go to any major city, you go find a yoga studio, and they'll do 45 minutes, an hour of asana, and, and they call that a yoga class. I'm thinking, you just missed the best part, the tail end, 15 minutes, you just spent all that time working your sympathetic nervous system over to your parasympathetic nervous system, and now you're gonna kick them out of the door, saying thanks, I gotta do another class. You missed the whole gist of it. We're mm. here to settle the mind. Mm. I look at it this way. This is an RV, recreational vehicle. I clean it, I feed it, da-da-da-da-da. The driver needs some help. Mm. One of the things that I really talk to veterans about is there a massive stigma about mental health. Yeah. If I say physical health, people yeah. say, oh, running and oh, all yeah. that's fine, no problem. But you start talking about mental health and people think, oh, you're cuckoo, you're gonna go see the funny farm. Yeah. And I say, why is it okay to take care of this part but not this part? So I've, I've been really working on it with the veterans about it and I say, this is all linked within yoga. You can take a part of it, you can leave a part of it, whatever you enjoy, but yoga is a great way to go about it. But yes, hard stigma and we're fighting the 80% out there that are just there to make money, to make themselves look good for their selfies. That's not what we're here for. Yeah, something really clicked for me when you described that, the difference in uh, like physical health and mental health. Like just when you hear the, those words, like physical health, it's like, oh, you think of you know, all these pos uh, positive things and then mental health is, has this negative stigma. So to, to be, aware of that and and you mentioned uh, like going into battle without upkeep of the mental health aspect of going through that that experience like you said something like you know uh, meditation is as necessary as weapons themselves for success you look at the samurai one of the finest fighting people on the planet ever and they did a lot of meditation they understood the concept of being peaceful is incredibly important. It's much better to be a guard, to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a warrior in a war. It's mm. it's so much important that you, yes, you have to do what you have to do, but at the same time, if you don't take care of the mind, the mind will start running. And that's where I think we fault. We are very at fault of not telling our people, okay, it's over, let's start to wind down. And they just don't teach that. Yeah, it's hard not to feel sad about it. Because you know, here here's the situation of of young men and women going into as challenging of a life experience as you can imagine. That is war, and then we're not okay. <laughs> the question of whether or not it's necessary—that's a separate question. To say okay, it's happening, and then we're not equipping them with the tools. You know, and I think about the roots, like okay, you know, after they finish and a lot of what your work is is, is trying to help them af mm -hmm. after that. But I think about the possibility, I'm sure you do too, of man, what if it can be addressed earlier? But it's also the same qu uh, question with all of us in education of like, that is how I see what's happening here at Yogaville and, and yoga in general in the world. We're trying to undo a lot of what has been done. What is the possibility if we get it right more from the start and we don't have to undo? The, the issue that I see is that it's a cycle. Our parents were never taught it. Yeah. Because, you know, as a kid, you were told to calm down. That's 
as a kid, I was told to calm down. I knew what that meant. If I didn't, it was going to happen that I didn't want. So, but they never taught me to calm down. You can tell me all day long, but if you don't teach me, I can't do it. So the generations of, you know, military and everybody else, the parents don't know how to teach the kids and the kids grow up and the kids don't know how to teach the next kids and it's a cycle. So if you slowly put it out there in small chunks of this is what works and then people start grasping on going, hey, that does help me. Um, but there is a, a, a big problem with it and to actually break into that cycle of you can do this, you can teach them how to calm down and get through these hard times without medications. It's meditation, it's not medication. And people just don't grasp that concept and that always drives me crazy. Oh, I need some, I got a headache, I, got, I need some um, aspirin. No, you don't, you probably need some more water. Mm. Just drink more water and we'll get going again. Um, but it is a cycle of the lack of knowledge. Mm. And when we start saying, hey, I used to think this, this is how I think, this is why I think it. And then you can move along and somebody will go, oh, that makes sense. And then somebody will tell somebody and we're, and we're moving in the right direction. But it is very hard to deal with the military and the VA, especially the Veterans Administration, trying to show them this is the way to go because they're quick to say, well, this isn't tested. This isn't, it's been around for 5,000 years. This is not a you know, once in a lifetime thing. It's just gonna go away. This is the answer. Mm. Um, but they don't wanna hear that. And also, you know, explore for yourself. I mean, what, what is the danger exactly. <laughs> really in sitting quietly and noticing, you know, listening to some Tibetan singing bowls and... And, and that's yeah. the, and you were talking about stigma earlier and it really rings, rings a bell with me. Um, when I talk about it with veterans, they think, oh, I, I really can't move around. I'm perfect. Don't move around. Sit in a chair. Hmm. Can you sit in a chair? Well, yeah. Great. I'm going to turn your lights out. We're going to have you just learn how to be peaceful for a moment. And then after a while, you know, I start at 30 minutes and I work up to 45 and then I get up to about an hour. And most of the time after 20 minutes, they're sitting in a chair and they start wriggling around and they just, their bodies are, are not able to stay calm but you put them in front of the Tibetan singing bowls for an hour and they just come out of it. Wow. And then you show, hey, look at the clock. We were here for an hour. I've never sat for an hour, except I was watching a movie, that's it. Mm. Yes. What do you think is happening there with the bulls? The, for me, this is what I believe wholeheartedly, is that it's neuroplasticity. The brain has been damaged via whatever it is, memories, shock, trauma, whatever it came from. And then the body has the ability to reroute and make new connections. But we don't do that because as you and I are sitting here, we're talking, our minds are lit up and our minds burn a lot of energy. If you can learn to stop that, the vibrations make you focus in on one thing. Because right now we're thinking about, oh, I gotta go do this later, I gotta make dinner, I gotta get whatever the tasks are later. They're probably bouncing through your head. And we're never on one thing. But all of a sudden, if I can have the mind on one thing, the body says, wow, I got all this extra energy not going up top. I can send it down here. This is shut down. Oh, I can send it back up here. Once we learn to shut this down, because we're burning energy just by breathing and the whole nine yards, let the autonomic system kick in for the breathing, send all the energy to the brain, and then the brain says, ah, we got all these new workers here that are going to help me fix this highway, and we start fixing highways. And the brain response. I, and, and I have seen some amazing thing with these vets. They tell me the most incredible stories when they come out of Yoga Nidra. 
They are in tears, but they have just let the baggage go. And we're not using any form of drugs. We're, it's just literally you sit in a chair. I will tell you to tighten up a muscle. You will hold your breath. And then when you let go, you let go. And they go. Typically within 20 minutes, they won't know that they're on this planet. Mm. And then after an hour, they just come back. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Mm. We will, I'll take you through one. <laughs> so your introduction was through integral yoga? Yes. First? I started, I got out in 2010. About four years, I was dithering around not liking people. About 2014, I said, I got I to gotta fix this. I got to do something with my life. I can't just sit around. So I decided I'm going to go to my local community college. And I was going to start doing um, surgical technician. Figured I just spent 20 years taking people apart. I'm going to spend the rest of my days putting them together. So I start with the classes. I'm going to anatomy and physiology. Hmm. And one of my prereqs. And I met Dharma. And he, great guy. We, got, we started getting along. And it turns out he's a Navy guy. I'm a Marine. We hit it off. And he said, you know, you should take yoga. You're crazy. I'm already mad. You're going to twist me into a pretzel. The stigma of yoga, again. And that's not going to work. You can't put me in that position because I'm just going to blow my lid. He said, well, and he kept on, I kept on at it. And I finally said, okay, fine. I'll try it. So we did a, a class. And I sort of, you know, the whole way I'm laughing, being the typical person. And it was at the last... 10 minutes of yoga nidra that I had a small window, maybe 30 seconds, my mind stopped. And it was the sun came out, the heavens mm. opened up, and it was, wow, I, I can do this. I, can, I deserve peace and quiet. I can actually, how, what was this? Let's do this again. And that marked my journey. So I learned that it's possible. Didn't know how to do it again, but I learned it's possible. And then Jeff brought me down here for my first visit, met Satya. Wow. I, I didn't really understand her at all because if you really look at it, a Marine Satya, different sides of the bridge completely. But I realized that if I am going to get better, I have to cross that bridge. I have to go understand what she understands. I have to get a better knowledge. And I came here uh, for a, a basic teacher training. And within one month, I just, it was a beautiful thing. But while I was here, I took one class. And he ended the meditation class. And I'm sitting in meditation class. And I'm thinking, I was in this very hall. I'm thinking, I'm doing this wrong. This, oh, what? You know, I'm going through the litany of things. I've beaten myself up. And then he struck a bowl. He just one bowl at the end, just to signify that was the end. And it was like, Imagine you're on a ship and you see that light, that's mm. that lighthouse coming on. There it is. Oh, oh, and it was gorgeous. And so I took the bowls. I, 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 I actually started talking with him about it. And he said, you know, it's no big deal here. Check it out. So and I went home and I found a place that sold them. Bought three. And I brought them to the veterans. And the veterans like, wow, that's pretty cool. Started working with them. And then they said, well, more. Can you buy more? I said, yeah, I can buy more. So, I, And they always say we want deeper and deeper tones. Mm. So over time, I progressed to working to a 15-inch bowl, and everybody swears by it. They're just like, wow, I can feel it. Feel it I can hear it. It's, it's it. Um, but when you play them in a certain way, it, it just, the mind stops. 
So it is a wonderful thing. That's how I got into it. And then I went back to see Sati again for intermediate training. Um, and then I went for adaptive. And I would, I, I, if people need to know about adaptive hmm. because the quintessential, you'll get 60% of the population that can do the typical asana. But you're going to find the 40% that doesn't want to go into a studio because they might be this or that, they're, they're hurt or whatever it may be. But you do adaptive and you bring in a load of people that are afraid to do it. Hmm. And then they realize, wow, I can do it. Hmm. And then they see me standing there teaching and, and I don't oh, come on in. I, it, just be warm and welcoming and say, if you can't do it, you let me know and I'll fix it. So it was the basic the adaptive and then the intermediate and it was it, it's just she's amazing hmm. one of the things i wanted to ask you about mm, was around you know veterans specifically being able to say i feel overwhelmed or i feel angry or what, whatever the, the the tag is and the way that i see it is it's it's actually a strength to be able to do that right but it seems like such a like a weakness, like everything that even has led me to, to this point is like the, the toughen up, you know? The, the, the suck it up buttercup mentality. Yeah. It is, that's a huge hurdle we have to get over. And the best thing that I do is I tell them my story. I was at rock bottom and I finally had to admit it. There was no other way about it. I, I was at the bottom of the barrel and when you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel, and you know the concrete's next, you're gonna have to make a decision. And when you have people that are hurting so bad, then you tell them your story. And then I tell them, why are we angry? And that's a question everybody's like, well, I don't know why. Well, let me tell you why you're so angry, because anger is a shield. In this culture that we're in, I can't walk around crying, I can't, that's just not accepted. But if I walk around angry, Everybody's like, whoa, hey, get away from this guy. One, that's exactly what I want. I don't want people near me when I'm angry. When, you have, when you're dealing with PTS as a whole, it can be PTS from whatever trauma, trauma, trauma. But when I have my shield up, I present angry. I'm really inside sad or whatever it may be, my emotion, but that's going to stay in here. Anger keeps people away, keeps me away from people. So I'm not getting any better but I'm trying not to do damage to somebody, physically or mentally, but anger is a shield that we carry because it's an accepted emotion within this culture. And when I start talking to them about, you can be angry, but let's dig deeper of why. Or why negative too, I would say, like kind of the same thing with the positive thoughts. Anger is accepted. Also, negativity, I find it to be very accepted to complain about what's wrong. Exactly, and because if, if I tell you, oh, I can't stand blue cars, and it's very easy to talk about that. Mm. But if I say, I saw the most incredible red car the other day, that takes time, effort to notice something that's positive. Mm. But when we complain, I might find somebody else that can complain, and we're trying to find common ground. We're finding common ground on a lower floor. I would much rather find common ground on a higher floor of, oh, you like red cars? Well, so do I. This is fantastic. What do you like about And we can talk all day about it. But negativity is easy to do. Hmm. Positive takes, takes a lot of time. 
So yes, you're right on the money of people just complain because it's so much easier. Mm. It's, it's quite interesting how this culture is. Yeah, and you also write about identity. And I think maybe that's what this is about a little bit too, is the forming of, of identity. And, and get it, that, that is really important. What, what, what is my identity? And I want to be accepted by other people. Therefore, I'm going to take on the identity of being an angry, you know, negative person. Yep, because um, it's yeah. so much easier. I have recently learned, and this could be a chapter in my next book, about the loss of identity. Mm. So when you, it can be trauma from whatever, but I'll just go on the military side. You're a kid, you're growing up, you have an identity. You go in the military, you have an identity, and a, a situation happens, whatever it may be, and you have PTS. All of a sudden, you stop being you, and you start being somebody else. The person that you might not want to be, or that you're flat out, I do not want to be this person, but it is now your identity. So moving forward, we have a closet that we don't open up. A lot of boxes in there. We're like, uh-uh, I ain't doing this. When you start going through yoga nidra, you start processing it mm-hmm. without medications, without anything else. And one of the things that I'm learning with the veterans nowadays is one guy looked at me and said, my box is empty. My closet is empty. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's wonderful. He says, I don't know who I am anymore. I was, wow. <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks. You lost your identity. Yeah. Because I was PTS, that was my identity. I don't want it, but I can't lose it because that's who I am now. And once I finally start unpacking all that baggage, I have slowly moved away, and that identity is no longer me, and I'm left with an empty box, and you look into it going, who am I? What am I going to do now? And my answer always is, you've gotten so far. You used so much energy to get here. The world just opened up to you. You get to be who you've always wanted to be. Today is day step one. Mm. Working towards who you want to be. Do you want to be a good person? Do you want to be a helpful person? You know, all the things that we... Do you want to be a karma yogi? Do you want to be... All these different words that we use that are easily accessible here can be easily flipped. You want to be a karma yogi? You want to be a helpful kind of guy out there? You Go ahead, do your thing. Mm. And so... It's the being the bridge of understanding what we're talking about here in Yogaville, but being able to take that and move it out and use it into a vocabulary that everyday people won't go, asana, what is that stuff? Right. So, yes, it is a challenge, but it could be done, but it must be on a terms that they are willing to accept. An identity, when they, you, you think about it, identity of this moves over to this from the bomb blast or whatever it may be, and then you move along, and all of a sudden they lose it, they're lost. Mm-hmm. And along the way, they've used so much energy, just a quick little, hey, let's go in this direction. And I had a long talk with one of my veterans a couple of weeks ago about it, and he said, and he, was, he was telling me about it, and I said, you just hit the golden ticket. Yeah. You've emptied your closet, which most people will never do in a thousand lifetimes, and now we're up to the point of you got to decide who you want to be. Well, you get to write that chapter in your life. You decide how you want to go now. So it was it was like a ton of bricks hit me when they said that. And I'm learning all the time from these veterans. They tell me so many things, and I think, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You wrote something about 
was it identity? Uh, no person wants to lose his or her identity. Actually, that was that, and that I, I marked that because I, oh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure because I it considers like when we're first born, you know, is there identity there? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that there there is. I think it's it's formed over time. So really, what's happening now is through these practices is the falling away of this identity, like the friend that you're talking about, yep. and then the world opens up, and I can ask the simple question. What do I want to do with my time? Where do I want to go from here? Exactly. Exactly. We, but the hard thing with the trauma being, you know, it can be losing a friend or whatever it may be, that almost stops the hands of time. Mm-hmm. You continue to be there. Yes, my body is getting older, but my mind continues to take me there. I'm not really progressing as a person. I'm just sort of here converting oxygen. So when they start unpacking and all of a sudden they do a time warp, now they're here, I've lost that identity, but you know, all this time I wasn't, you know, I, when you converse with people, you learn a little bit that day or whatever it may be. Flash forward two years from where they were stuck at, wow, I didn't have two years of learning or living or growing. Well, how do I make up that time? What do I do? So they have a whole new identity that they get to decide what they want. Mm. But you, you also mentioned, uh, you know, I get to learn from my experiences and use it, use it to become something better. They, they bring up so many things. The veterans bring up so many things. And it's from the heart. They just say, I saw this or I did this. Um, it is really amazing how much they're saying and they're talking out loud. And then I'm able to connect the dots and go, you're talking about this. Hey, that's another chapter. I like it. Um, It is quite amazing. And and they just talk off the cuff. And they say the most incredible thing. And they don't even realize. They don't even realize they already have it within themselves Mm. to fix themselves. Mm. They just need a sounding board to say it and and hear and then go. And somebody say, hey, that was important. Say that again. And they say it again. And then their, then their lights go on. Mm. Hey, whoa, that was it. And they, they fix themselves. It's an auto body store that they just go in, fix themselves, and they walk out. And you're like, hey, that was easy. No charge. Have a nice day. We'll see you later. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of see people practicing yoga all the time, and they don't even know it, mm-hmm. you know, like on this, this deeper level yep. with this great wisdom that is just everywhere if you're willing to see and draw it out. Exactly. Every day there's always something that can be a part of yoga, but can you take it to where the yogis, how they built it into their certain dialect and, you know, how they talk to everyday person that wouldn't be offended by Pratipaksha Bhavan or whatever yeah. it may be. If I can bring it down to their level or up to their level, however it may be, make it user-friendly every day. Mm-hmm. That's the key move it from one to another, and then everybody will start flocking to it. Because hmm. you don't need medications for it. Hmm. You just need five minutes in the beginning, start meditating. But really understanding meditating. One of the things that I had, I had a devil of a time with when I was here is <laughs> the teachers say, center yourself. Hmm. And you've heard them say it a couple of times. You know what that means. Hmm. I was a newbie here, hmm. and I thought, Oh, classic Marine. You want me in the middle of the room? Mm. What do you want? Whatever you want, I'll do it. You just tell me what you want, and I will knock it out of the park. 
and nobody could ever explain it to me. Mm. Like, okay. So I sat on in the quad. I sat on one of the benches. I said, I'm going to marine the heck out of this thing. I'm going to put this to an acronym. Mm. So I centered it. C-E-N-T-E-R. Each letter has a representation. So when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, whatever it is, and I've got all these people that do not respect the bubble. They have no concept of standing behind me sets me off. And that's fine. They, that's just how they were brought up. I need to live in their world now. Mm. But if I can do each letter, it takes me about three minutes to walk through it. I can stand in line, see, clear my mind. Okay? I am here. I am now. Okay? I'm not in Iraq anymore. I am here. I'm not, in, I'm not there. This is, you know, whatever grocery store I'm in. E, even on my hips, okay, phew, I can let my shoulders down and neutral my shoulders. As soon as you let your shoulders down, boy, the parasympathetic system kicks in. T, three-part breath. Take five deep breaths. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, E, evaluate. Do I really, f I'm, I'm not that bad. Okay, I'm, I'm a little bit better than I thought. R, release, starting at my toes, and I relax my muscles all the way up to my head. And veterans know that inside and out, I wear it on my wrist every single day because it is an easy way, nobody knows what I'm doing, when normally we lose our mind and scream and yell and, and, and do damage to somebody. In the beginning, it started with a way of me just getting out of that store, getting to my car and having a meltdown. And then it turned into, well, I can stay in the store a little bit longer. And then it turned into, I can do this every hour or two to make myself feel a little bit better. So when I was, when I finally learned what I considered to be centering, Mm. It, it caught on. Everybody else was like, well, how do you do that? What do you do? And here you go. This is what we're doing. Mm. When you teach them a small tool to put in their tool bag, you know, breathing, that's all you got to do, or centering, or visualization, or you give them tools, they'll take care of it because they were never taught it. Yeah. They're never introduced to the tools. It's not, it's not curriculum. It's mm. one plus one. We know arithmetic. We know division. We know calculus. We know, you know, all that stuff. But we're not taught how to control the noodle. It's so, uh, emotions. It's pretty wild because it seems like that should be totally foundational. I, I personally think, and I'm no great educational leader, but kindergartens should be a lot about understanding a lot more, a lot less of books and more into people. Understanding why do I get mad and how do I do this and let's breathe. And I taught a friend of mine, she's, she's a school teacher, and I taught her the three-part breath. And she beautiful. She took it and made it the learning breath. Hmm. Before they'd start, they would do three-part breath. They, they, they would do Durga Swasam and they wouldn't even, the kids had no concept. She knew exactly what was going on, but the kids took, it, took to it like fish in water. Mm. So every time they take a test, oh, learning breath, and she'd forget, and one of the kids would be like, learning breath, mm. and then Ed, the whole class would do it, and mm. it was just, I was like, there you go, flipping lights on. Yeah, I had the experience the other day where I, I just, Something, something shifted and I realized that most of the time when I'm experiencing some discomfort, it's a result of me suffocating myself. It's like, oh, like I'm suffocating. And then tapping into the tools of the, the breathing techniques, everything shifts. Exactly. 
when when I first started hearing the breathing techniques, I was like, are you, are you on drugs? What is this? And then somebody said, you've been breathing right your whole entire life. You've been breathing your whole life. Why don't you start breathing right? Mm. You mean there's a wrong way to breathe? Mm. And then it started going, huh. And so it was quite interesting. Yeah, and, and I think what you were saying before in terms of the energy that it takes to be thinking all the time is connected to this because so much energy is up in the head. Yep that there's not as much uh, left for the breath. Exactly. The, the brain only needs two things. They need oxygen and sugar. It's all it needs to operate off of, but there is more to it. I believe energy. Because you, when you and when most people talk about energy, you sit down to whatever your dinner is, you eat the dinner, and that's your energy. That's the fuel to get me from point A to point B. I totally believe there's something else out there. Oh, yeah. Not 100% knowledgeable about it, but I believe that there is something else out there because as it goes through the brain, it repairs things, and we just don't understand that. Neuroplasticity is huge, but because the doctors told me after I, I retired, you're done, you're broken, you're 41, there's nothing we can do for you. Thanks for coming. Have a nice life. Here's some pills. Go drool in the corner and don't bother me mm. again. And that just drove me up a wall. That was that put a candle right underneath me, and I was fired up. I'm not taking this. That was that was cool too because I saw there that you, you, there was something inside of you that knew that there had to be an answer. You would not accept the fact that there is no solution to what you were going through. It took me 10, 15 years to get to that point of bad event, bad event, da 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 da. And for a doctor to turn around and say, in 30 seconds, write a piece of paper and say, here, this is going to solve it. You're going to solve it 10 years of problems in 30 seconds? You don't know what you're talking about. You don't want me here. It's like getting a nickel. Here, boy, go to the movie theater. Get out of here. That kind of thing. Yeah. No. That ain't going to happen, Captain. So I, I started. That's where I started my path. He, that doctor whew, really ticked me off. But he lit a fire underneath me. Yeah. Um, so medication is just what I, some people need medication. Don't get me wrong. There is an actual legitimate time for it, but I believe that we go to it too quickly. We don't look for smaller solutions. We just go to the big ones and say, everybody knows pills are great. You know, you're off and running. I totally disagree. Mm. I wonder too, how much of an issue, um, ownership and freedom to decide for yourself comes into play with a lot of these things that, that we're talking about. It seems that we get into the habit of being told what to do by an authority, and we start to trust in that, and that's even the, 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 the guidance that we're given as, as, as children, to do this, do that. There's not a lot of, well, what do you think, and decide for yourself what feels right to you, the, those sorts of things, and especially right in, in the Army. That's the case where it so much depends on people, uh, you know, obeying. Yep, following the laws. Yeah. And for me, that sort of transcends into the medical community. I see a lot of doctors. That's what I mean with the doctors, right. yeah. They love to stand in front of me and yeah. say, I've got my white lab coat. I know what's going on. Mm. But you haven't chewed the dirt I've chewed on. You haven't mm. seen what I've seen. How are you going to tell me what's going on with my mind when you don't know what's going on up there. So when I, one of the first things I tell the veterans, I'm not a doctor. Hmm. I am a 20-year Marine. I teach yoga. That's the excitement. 
I'm not going to come with any degree. I'm not going to put anything up on the wall. I, that's just not me. I will tell you my experiences. You come and take what you like. I'm a golden corral. You like that? Take it. You don't like that? <laughs> Fine. No problem. No hard feelings. But with doctors, if I don't follow their rules, boy, they turn into a seven-year-old having temper tantrum. Yeah. You were going to do this. The second you tell me, I'm like that classic kid. Don't cross the highway. Well, I'm going to go cross the highway just to see what I can do. Um, so I've learned with veterans, here's what's offered. You like it, take it. You don't, no problem. Have a great day. Yeah, that's the only pro approach I've become comfortable with uh, myself. And it, it seems to make it a bit simpler, too. I understand that it's challenging it, in terms of our society and the way that it's been structured mm -hmm. that go see the professional yep. type of thing. I don't know. I think there's a lot of issues with that and something in me lights up with the type of relationships that you just expressed. Like, I've learned yoga. This has helped me. I'm offering it to you. I'm sharing my practice. If it feels right to you, take it. If yeah. not, leave it. It's, it's exactly right, but it takes a select few to say, I'm going to expose myself and I'm going to expose myself to the point of, I broke down crying. I lost my my mind. I did I, all these things that we don't talk about because society doesn't like that. I can put up my shield all day long and I can be protected with my anger, but I'm going to get raw. I'm going to tell you what I went through. And then because sudden, I'm concerned with my identity. The identity exactly. is right there too. Exactly. So, so when I do that, all of a sudden people are like, oh, they can associate with me. And then when they associate with me, they go, you're not trying to push something on me. Mm. You know, you're you're a, you like peanut butter sandwiches. Uh, you say, "Here's a peanut butter sandwich. Take it in or not. I don't mm. care." But when people say, "Oh, okay, you're not trying to sell me something," and that's why I always do my classes are free. Take it or leave it, no problem. Because mm. you know, if I have a fee, somebody might not come in that really needs to come in, mm. and then then I've got a problem because I've lost somebody. So mm. if I do everything for free, I'm gonna get more people in. And people will come, people will go. Some people come in for three or four sessions, they're like, wow, you just solved everything. And I think, I didn't solve anything. Mm. You had the answers inside of you, you just mm. opened up that key and the door opened up and you said, oh, there they are, you figured it out. I'm just a guy up here sort of moving about. Mm. And it's just listening to their stories. Here's what is, is offered, take it or leave it, it's up to you. It's a beautiful thing to watch when they go, yes. Just like how Satya did it to, for me. Mm. Very kind, caring person. Here it is. Every day she would just go over class over and over because I was worried, like, can I do it? Can I not do it? It just became second nature. Mm. It was beautiful. <sighs> it's unbelievable, uh, the journey. <laughs> and, uh, and especially, I think, how the challenges can end up uh, igniting like uh, a flame inside inside of us because I consider the situations uh, that you're describing and would it be possible to have the motivation if you didn't hit the the really challenging you know it's, it's because I think that's when like the will is like built up in those hard experiences it's like I never want to experience this again this feels so terrible what what can I do and then it seems like something is happening inside myself with that where there's priorities happening. 
right? Yep. And so, in a way, setting a, a priority for, for peace, you know, and that, with will, can maybe override the, the anger and the depression and all, all of those things. It, it feels like it's, it's a choice within each of us. Yes, it is a choice, but it is, I find that people, they, they want to do good and be good, but they don't know how to get there. They, they need a roadmap. Sure. I mean, if you haven't experienced something else, how can you know? So first you have to experience the variety. And then yes. you can say, okay, I've experienced this and I've experienced that. And now you have just come into my motto. Mm. My motto is EFAR. I said all the time, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. EFAR. Something good happens? Oh, that was meant to be. Something bad happens? Eh, what am I, I going to learn from this? When my... All, a lot of things shifted for me when I, when I stopped saying, you know, why does this keep happening to me? And then my thought pattern started going into, what are you trying to teach me? Because mm. when something bad happens, you know, I cross the street every day and this car runs over my toe or whatever, maybe every day after day after day. What is that? And you, I could sit there and complain. Why does this keep on happening to me? But if I start saying, what are you trying to teach me? Trying to teach me is stay on the curb. Oh, car goes by, I'm safe and I'm walking by. So everything that happens, I mean everything that happens, even when I am dead, I want that Ferrari. I need that Ferrari. I'm going to get it. And when it doesn't work out, you go, Efar, very well. Universe was telling me right turn instead of a left turn. Mm. So I really believe, really believe that everything happens for a reason. So like the universe is trying to teach us. I always say the universe is talking to me. Huh. I just didn't realize that I needed this, but the universe is telling me I needed this. And then is every, every experience is an opportunity to learn something? Always. When you go from why does this keep on happening to what is this teaching me, total shift of life. Hmm. <sighs> had a shift. <laughs> it's, it's a major shift that I had to, because I'd, I'd easily go back to my negative of, stomping at my feet. Why does this keep on happening to me? No, 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 hold on. We're not going that route. We're going, what is this teaching me? Because again, it's just like the negativity. Why does this keep on happening to me is so easy to say. No responsibility on my shoulders. Why does this keep on happening to me? I can't answer that question, but it's a negativity statement of no responsibility I have to take. It keeps on happening to me. Woe is me. How terrible is this? to all of a sudden you shift over to the positive aspect of it. What is this trying to teach me? I have put the responsibility on my shoulders. I have to take time. I have to learn what is the situation, what can I do better, and how can I solve this, and how can I pull myself up to the next level? Hmm. So between those two, it's a negative statement to a positive statement. It's hmm. a simple shift of, of hmm. the logic of mind. Hmm. It's a simple shift. It's a lifetime of work. Hmm. Because, you know, you drop a can on your toe and you're thinking, mm, okay, next time grab the can the whole way. Don't be so fast. Take your time. Enjoy. Be here and now, not driving your car home. So, you, you know, those kind of things. Hmm. It's putting responsibility on yourself. Hmm. And I think maybe only being able to do that because you've experienced the, that playing the victim card doesn't work. You've tried that one, right? It is, it's frowned upon in the Marine Corps. Marine, they don't want to hear that garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's suck it up, buttercup. It ain't so bad. 
And that within its own right, that avenue is hard. That, that creates other issues. But don't be the victim because people will pile on you and then you will be the victim and you're not even allowed to talk about it mm. at that point. So it was frowned upon. But when I got out of uh, out of the real world, everybody was like that. I thought, mm. whoa, it's a total shift of personality. I go from a tight-knit group of people who think the same way to you know, 350 million people that think everything is different and victimhood is okay and whoa. When I, when I flew back from Okinawa to mainland when I retired, I had been living in Japan for four years and I came back and the society had changed. To 2006 to 2010, I didn't recognize our country anymore. Um, and it was very hard to deal with these people and that's why I isolated. And then I started to look at myself, okay, they are the way they are. You decided to serve and protect the constitution. So you've done it for a reason. What was that reason? Then I start tugging at threads. Why? Okay, you have that thought. What? Let's, let's reel that in. Let's, let's take a deeper look at that thought. Oh, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like the anger. I just thought anger was natural. Mm. Perfect. It was solved miles. Well, no. Yeah, it's solving it, but it's like driving a car down the highway. You're burning gas. And sooner or later, you're going to hit the empty tank. Mm. So I realized that I need to search into that. But... Yes, my motto is EFAR, and it helps me so much because it puts the responsibility on me to fix me. Yeah. I don't even know what else can, could do it because what a challenging situation right? To, to be in the military, to feel like you're fitting in, to have a certain way of life, and then now to have to reacclimate and maybe attempt to fit into something that is so unbelievably different. Um, another example of this is I think about... People that are experiencing, you know, the loss and death of, of others, uh, and I've spoken to some recently, and what they say is, you know, maybe the hardest aspect is, you know, after some time, and they want to go out with some friends again, and they're spending time with friends, and and people are just talking about the most monotonous, mundane things that are troubling them in, in their lives, and it seem there seems to be such a lack of perspective there, um, and I feel how hard that must be to deal with. Uh, I don't know if there's another way out than acceptance and trying to use that somehow to experience growth. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go, well, that, we're gonna go back to the identity. An issue happened, death, whatever it may be. And that person's trapped in that timeline. They haven't grown. Hmm. So all of a sudden they're mourning and, and, if they find other people that have gone through the same thing, like we were talking about earlier again, if I can relate to somebody and say, oh, you have driven the red car also. Well, tell me all about it. How did it go? What was it like? And then allowing that person, again, to go to Golden Crown, picking what they like out of what that person mm. says. Mm. Instead of them sitting there chasing their tail over and over and over in the negativity, I lost this person, I lost this person. I can totally understand that. But you shift the, the thinking from I lost this person to, oh, you lost. How did you do this? What do you think? Share ideas. And then all of a sudden, two heads are better than one, four are better than two. And you get a group together and everybody's like, okay, I, 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 it was bad. It wasn't fun. But I'm standing in a group of people that are just like me. So when I think of America, I, I see a lot of people that want to be splintered off. I want this group and that group. 
I would much rather find somebody and sit down and talk with anybody. Let's find something that we do agree on. Hmm. You know, ice cream. I'm pretty sure we can find everybody will like ice cream. That's a great point we can start talking from. Hmm. Briar's ice cream, mint chocolate chip is the bee's knees. And then we can start going from there. Um, but we can always find common ground. But people, when we talk about common ground, I'm exposing myself. Not so bad with this ice cream, but I'm also taking energy because I'm giving positivity. I like this. It's so easy to say, I don't like that. Because if I don't like that, that takes all the responsibility off of me. And you have to deal with it. It's like the hot potato. Here, I don't like it, you deal with it. But if I all of a sudden say, hey, I like mint chocolate chip, you're like, well, I like Rocky Road or whatever it may be. And it takes energy. It's a flow of talking about it. But it's much easier to say, oh, you like this or that? Oh, I can't right. talk to you anymore. I'm out of here. And I think also st getting stuck in the, in the negativity, it, it, I don't even think that there's awareness that there's another option. And until it's like gratitude, which is what, what, one of my things I want to hear you talking about, you know, focusing on the positive and gratitude are kind of link, linked together. Exactly. Um, like what, what is there to, to be experienced is totally foreign yep. until I experience it. Acknowledge, knowledge, and act. The hardest part is to acknowledge. I have an issue, I am this, or whatever it may be. If I can sit here and say, I am angry, okay, mm. that's acknowledgement. Mm. Once I acknowledge something, the next time I face it, I have that knowledge base. With that knowledge, Okay, you've done this before. We're going to act. The third part is act. We're going to act a different way. Acknowledge, knowledge, and act. If you can, that's the cycle of negativity. No responsibility on me. I spin, spin, spin. Don't get anywhere. You have to stop it. You have to acknowledge that I'm doing it. Oh, now I've got knowledge, and now I can act differently. I can break that evil cycle. Yeah. I consider that it's as much about speed as anything else as far as I can tell, because to acknowledge what's even happening, I have to slow down. I think that's the trick right now in our culture right now and all the technology and all the things because it's so easy to be operating so fast yes. all the time because to slow down. Yeah. We, we are becoming a society that I can send you a text and it might say, you know, da-da-da-da-da, whatever it is, Face-to-face, -face, there is a real bond. There is an actual connection that's going on. Texting, no big deal. I, it's, it's easy. So I don't have to acknowledge really anything at that point because I can sit there and say, yeah, this guy, pfft, yeah, whatever, and text, send, and, and, you know, I would never do that. We would never do that talking, but we can do that, and we never acknowledge anything. Words are saying, you might say, hey, I'm having a bad day, and I go, hey, LOL, and keep on going. That's not acknowledging. I have just disrespected you. I have made you go lower because you were telling me something. But face to face, I can't do that. And I don't want to do that. So when you acknowledge something that's going on, whether it be somebody else acknowledges it to you and you go, ah, light bulb moment, mm. or you say, I have seen this fault within myself mm. and I'm going to break the chain of events from here on out. Um, just like the cycle of violence in families. Yeah. 
parents are violent, the kids receive it and the kids grow up and they think, oh, that's normal, let's go do it to the next generation. How are we gonna break that cycle? Acknowledge it, I went through this. Mm. Knowledge, we're not gonna do that again. Here's how I'm gonna act with my kids. It's a, it's a very easy way and it can be applied throughout many aspects of our lives. I think so too, I think this is the, the, the purpose that the, the real inner part of ourselves are really looking for. You think about what's the purpose, what's the point of this whole thing, this whole life thing? What should I do? To me, what you just said is an answer. I have the opportunity to create a new chain on the link. Yeah. Let's say this is a situation that's been passed down, there's no one to blame, that's the reality of it. I have an opportunity. I see, kind of see it as a relay race actually now. It's like when I was born, someone handed me the baton, now I get to run, and how much further along the path can I go before I hand it on to the next person? Yes. Be a little bit better than the people before you. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. I just tell my kids, if, if, if you stop breathing now, you've already done 10 times better than I have. You have just made the world a better place. Great. So it is, it is our responsibility to say yes, bad things happen, got, it, got the concept. There are some stories out there people would tell me, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even believe that you're still standing from that, but I applaud you. Mm. But we don't have to continue that cycle. Let's break it, let's do better. And then if everybody just took that thought pattern of bad things have happened, I'm gonna pick myself back up and I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, you're gonna make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. You, you're, you're, if you're converting oxygen, you're making mistakes. That's just what we do but try to be better than you were before. And to see it clearly like that, to at least just, just to see it, that that's the situation, that's the opportunity. It, it is, it's humbling mm. that I can talk with people and they say just two or three words and go up, oh, here you go, this is what's going on. Mm. And to Ernest Hemingway, if, if you've ever read Ernest Hemingway, I, I think he's an amazing writer because a writer would take half a page. Mm. Hemingway would boil it down to one sentence and I go, holy buckets. Yeah. I totally get what he just said. So when they say something, if I can Ernest Hemingway it back, here you go, this is what the problem is. Mm. And I don't really fully say the answer because that's none of my business. I just tell them this is what's going on. I help them acknowledge. Mm. And then they'll come up with the knowledge and they'll come up with the act on their own. They might not even realize they're doing that. But when you just show somebody, hey, this is what you're doing. You're chewing bubble gum in the library, and we all know that's, that's not right. You say, hey, uh, that's a nice bubble gum you got. Mm. Walk away. I don't need to start a fight with you. Mm. Just say, hey, I, I, bubble gum, okay, I'm out of here. Mm. You go, hmm, yeah, I did see that sign. Fine, I'll go do the right thing. So are you just being a mirror? I try to be a sounding board. Mm. I try to be as raw and personal as I can. This is what happened to me. This is what I went through. And let them decide. Are, are they gonna listen to my, me bumping my gums or not? Mm. And nine times out of 10, I end up being the student of it all, mm. of just watching this amazing thing of them unfolding and going, yep, that's who I am. It's quite humbling to see. <laughs> Listening to you, I consider just the, the miraculous nature of this whole experience, like what? What a situation that we're in. Like talk about like slowing down and just like acknowledging like what it means to be alive. And it's not so maybe common to talk about that. It even feels like there's stigma or taboo to, to even just address the elephant in the room. Exactly. Which is 
you know, reality. We're born into these situations. We get to decide where to move with our bodies and, and, and where to go. Uh, the future is totally unpredictable. We have no idea what's going to happen. All right, what should we do about this? <laughs> exactly. It, well, the good thing for me is I've had a lot of solid help along the way. Um, my, my uncle, very helpful to me, always a good sounding board. Um, you know, move on to Jeff, and I've had many people across the Marine Corps that have, you know, hey, you're, you're, you're not doing things right, let's fix this. Um, but I've had a lot of good, solid help. Been married, I don't know why my wife puts up with me for 30 years, but she has. I'm very lucky for that. I've got great friends around me. Um, like, look at Dharma, Satya, Sadashivam. Uh, it's, it's, the list is endless, and I just go, I'm trying to be like them. That's all I can do is just take what they have taught me and make it a little bit better. It's you say you don't, you don't know why your wife puts up with you. And I, see, to me, I think about their like society, like socially acceptable thing to say there, mm. just, just to point it out because I think like, you know, I do that all the time too, right. but I try to be aware of doing that. Like, is that really true? No. Like, I'm sure that like the truth is you know that like you hold value, you know? We, yeah. we are even to each other. Yeah. Anything that I'm not good at, she is. And anything that she's not good at, I am. It's, it were, we met in the Marine Corps at 20 years old. And we got married while in the Marine Corps, both of us. Mm. And, you know, that typically is a recipe for a train wreck going to happen at any time. 30 years later, it, it's been, a, I'm lucky to have what I have. Um, and to take two poor kids and put us in the position where we can support other people. It's, it's really, I just think about, wow, the universe is being nice to me. I'm, I'm lucky for it. Um, but I've had a lot of help along the way. Um, so it, it is, I love the karma yoga portion of it. Um, the, the giving back, the helping others and seeing the light bulb go off. Because we all know what it's like. You're at the bottom of the barrel and you're thinking, somebody, please, I think at that moment the universe said, eh, we ain't going to help you because you're going to learn from this and mm. you're going to be what other people need. Mm. I've had four veterans come up to me and say, I didn't commit suicide because of what you're teaching. Mm. And that just motivates me to keep on going. Mm. We are going to find more and we're going to find more. And all they need to know is you are not alone. Mm. And with the book, The Blueprint, basically the book came about of me just writing notes because I was forgetting things. And when I, I had a bunch of notes and I just handed it to a vet, hey, what do you think about this? And the guy looked at me and said, you're in my head. Mm. How did you know all this? I said, this is just me trying to get things out because they're, they're sort of twisted up upstairs. And then my wife just said, just go puke on a page. I said, what are you talking about? She said, just start typing. Mm. Okay. And you know, then you try to take the hieroglyphics and trying to really understand what I was getting out. And then it just sort of bled together to, you know, this is a book. Mm. Whoa, that's weird. <laughs> um, and then people just continue to ask about it. How did you do it? What do you do? And, you know, I, I picked this out and they talk about a specific chapter that means something to them. Mm. Um, it's very humbling. It, it is, they just look at me and say, how did you know this? It's not that I knew, it's that, I just lived it. It was in the noodle and I needed to get it out. I'd say what it is, is that you were being honest. And honesty is the place where, where we meet mm. and we find out that we're much more alike than 
what we thought. So that's really the gift, I think, you know, is it possible to be honest? How honest can I, can I be? Realizing that that's a service when I'm honest is a service to others. It is, and, and honesty really started with me from my, with my mother. Um, I was high schoolish, and, and in my family, we didn't say I love you. So mom had an open heart surgery and I got to, finally got to the hospital. We didn't know if she was gonna make it. And I said, mom, I love you. Hmm. I was like, that's the last time I wanna see her. And she, and, and she always credited with me after that. We all, I say that now because if you say that. I said, okay. If I hadn't have said that, mm -hmm. then we might not be on this power of positive. So exposing myself, I don't care. I'll tell you whatever you wanna know. <laughs> You're gonna hold on for the ride. If you like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. But it's not gonna offend me. Why is it not gonna offend me? Because I lived it already. I don't mind talking about it again. But people are just, in this, in this culture, in this country, in this world, whatever it may be, they wanna put on the happy face. And that's fine. You know, every once in a while you go to a party and you're like, hey, nice to see you. you got the small talk. I'm like, yeah, drive me crazy. I'd rather find one person at the party that I can talk knee deep with about life mm. than talk to 50 people about nothing except for, oh, it's a hot day today. Yeah. I would lo I l love talking deep with people because I can learn from them. Yeah. That fear there of exposing ourselves is, is, is really interesting. And I, I consider as a, maybe an antidote for this a little bit is to cultivate a relationship with death. I wonder about this, like is that the possibility, right? If, if I take time to slow down, to acknowledge the fact that this all can end at any moment, that's just the nature of the game as far as I can tell. If I, if I do that, if I feel that, then putting on a mask, being phony, trying to manipulate how other people view me, mm -hmm. That doesn't <laughs> seem to be like a course of action I want to take. But that was the gift of what combat gave me. Yeah. Going through it, okay, we're going to go on patrol. Am I going to come home? I don't know. But we'll, we'll do what we can with what we got. So it was, I, and while I was out there, I realized I am worrying about this so much that I'm not doing my job. Hmm. And I am making my chances higher of not coming home. So I let go. I, it was really hard to let go and say, okay, I'm not making it home. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. So, but my survivability jumped light years because I was focused in on my job. I was here, I was now. The tricky part is trying to hold, trying to grasp it again of I care, I want to live again. So when I finally got to the point of came home, still didn't care because I was angry. I didn't think I deserved to be home. I, I knew some of my guys didn't make it home, but it's, I consider it a gift of, I know what it's like to go, eh, I could, I could, it could be any time now. Right behind that tree, it could be the guy that's gonna get me. Or right, there's gonna be a bomb right here, whatever it may be. So in the beginning, I was mad about it. And I stopped asking, why is it happening to me? And I started asking, what is this trying to teach me? Oh. I'm not in that zone anymore. I'm not in Iraq or Afghanistan anymore. I am now here and I have learned what it's like to let go. Do I have enough strength to take a hold again? To understand what you were exactly talking about, to not care if you live or die. It is a world altering 
thought and feeling to go through. But once you do that and you go, huh, I'm going to be right here right now, everything shifts again. You just keep on finding ways for the world to shift. The power of positive, here and now, centering yourself, all the tools, negative into positive. All these things, if, if you start understanding them, then the universe starts talking to you. And it is amazing how good things can get. John, thanks so much. My pleasure. Oh, I feel honored to meet you. Honor's mine. I, I love meeting good people. Mm. If uh, anyone listening or watching uh, would like to get involved with your work, is there a way that people can support what you're doing? Yeah, Living Beyond PTS is the name of the book. Mm -hmm. And there's a website, Living Beyond PTS, um, and it's a 501c3. Um, I, my ultimate goal is to buy land, put up a yoga studio. It's not going to be a yoga studio. It's going to be the, um, a healing house mm. and a place where we can gather, we can talk, we can actually start doing some asana again, and we can move on to my favorite thing of yoga nidra, mm. the, the Tibetan bowls and working through how to do it. Um, the book is on Amazon. And there is a recording to do it. I've got a 30-minute and a 45-minute and a 60-minute with the bowls. And people can just access that, no problem. But that's the key. If, if they want to help get Living Beyond PTS going, um, doing those things would be good. Thank you so much, friend. My friend, my pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.